So this week's question actually came from not Seth. Um, since it's the new year, pick a fictional character and give them a new year's resolution. Um, Lydia, let's start with you this week. So I actually had to ask for help for mine because I could not come up with anything. So I'm kind of stealing Hootie's answer. Um, but went with uh, Katara from Avatar Last Airbender. And her New Year's resolution is that she is no longer going to be the mom friend. You guys can make your own poor decisions. I am not going to be there to clean up your messes. I'm going to actually enjoy myself this time. And I, I don't care what you guys do wrong. Mine is kind of two-pronged. The The main one is J. Jonah Jameson is going to start demanding pictures of other New York City superheroes. Oh. As a result, um, Peter Parker is uh, resolving to sell his pictures of Spider-Man on OnlyFans. Oh. <laughs> Tabitha. I don't like that. Um, so I picked Jane Eyre because my only beef with Jane Eyre is that she don't need no man. So Jane Eyre's new res- New Year's resolution is to adopt the motto "Gaslight Girl Boss Gatekeep." And yes, the gaslight is a joke. <laughs> <laughs> and Matt, um, I am going to preface mine by saying that. I still have only seen the first John Wick movie, but I'm picking John Wick, and his New Year's resolution is to adopt all the dogs. That's a good one. <laughs> that so I don't know if he gets a dog in other movies, but he will adopt all the dogs. He actually gets a new dog at the end of the first one, I believe. It's, been too it's long. a pit bull. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. Well, that pit bull needs a friend. So he's going to adopt all the dogs. See, the problem with that is now that just means that he's going to kill that many more people. So we get that many more movies. (laughs) That's the problem. Yeah. But I mean, I I also like majority of dogs more than I like most people. So I mean, I'm not mad. (laughs) I'm just saying I was able to go 11 days into 2024 without thinking about John Wick and then Matt ruined it. (laughs) Good job, Matt. You're welcome. I'll try and make it less than 11 days next year for you. Thanks, friend. No problem. Text, text you at 12.01 on January 1st. Just a meme of John Wick. I'm making a reminder for you. Right. <laughs> this year. Hey, text Mitch. And then at 12.05, be looking for a Facebook post saying that we're looking for a new member to join the Geek Awakens family because somebody had to unexpectedly leave. <laughs> I Maybe. mean, he might be. He's no longer with us. <laughs> You're listening to The Geek Awakens with Mitch, Matt, Tabitha, and Lydia. So we took a couple weeks off and y'all decided, myself included, that, hey, we're going to have all the stories this week. And I'm fine with that. Uh, Also, with the exception of 
Lydia. Uh, Lydia, both of your stories are normal this week, so I applaud you for that. <laughs> um, everybody else, actually, Matt, your stories are fairly normal too. Um, Tabitha and I, we we went rogue, and we've got some weird stories. I have one normal one. Okay, cool. But <laughs> I want to start. Uh, I want to start this week. A couple of cool local things going on here pretty soon. Uh, so first off, uh, the Springfield Park District is holding an eSports game night on February 17th um, from 5 to 8 at the Velasco Tennis Center. Uh, it's in Washington Park. Uh, kids 5 to 13 um, and accompanied by someone 16 or older uh, can play Mario Tennis, Mario Kart, or Super Smash Brothers. Uh, players are able to bring their own controllers. Uh, cost is $8 for Sigmund County residents and $10.50 for non-residents. Um, before then, there will be an intro game night uh, on January 27th at 5 p.m. Uh, for free play and to learn more about the Park District's uh, eSports program. Uh, for more information, email esports at springfieldparks.org. Uh, this sounds so cool. I'm here for this. I mean, esports are the new thing. Yeah. And I mean, it is January, so... Something indoors. Something indoors makes a lot more sense than setting up an event outside where it could potentially be icy and gross. <laughs> yes, true. Uh, coming up here pretty soon, uh, Dumb Records is hosting a video game themed drag show called Game Over Sis. Uh, it is January 27th at 7 p.m. Uh, tickets are $5 and attendees are encouraged to come and cosplay. Uh, drag performers include uh, Honey Mayone, uh, Spank, <laughs> Spank Knightley, <laughs> and Venus DeMilo, uh, performing as characters from Sonic the Hedgehog to Five Nights at Freddy's and everywhere in, in everything in between. Uh, check out Dumb Records Facebook page for more information on this. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of drag, but like, I kind of want to go to this. This seems like stupid fun. Dude, the drag trivia that we did a couple years ago was one of the best times. I've actually been to a drag show with my mom, of all people. And I feel like I should just be like, hey, so what you doing on the 27th? <laughs> Want to go somewhere with me? I spent my entire college career in a drag bar. So, but I never, so this sounds super fun, but I never saw one themed after video games. So I'm intrigued. Yeah. I just want to see like whoever dresses up as Sonic in drag. Go away, man. <laughs> nope. <just> to... <laughs> nope. <laughs> but fine. <laughs> <sighs> Let's just open up the pull list. What's on our pull list this week? And we've got three books to talk about this week um the first one is unnatural order it is out january 10th from vault written by christopher yost with art by val rodriguez so yodok the druid rules over a land of magic and monsters but the pri prisoner Mur uh, murdoch a man from yodok's pa uh, past threatens his reign it has been a while since we read the first issue so i read the first couple of pages and i'm like 
this is not anything that I remember. <laughs> so I went back and reread the last couple of pages of issue one and kind of reacclimated myself. This issue starts way different than the first issue, but kind of ties everything together. Um, kind, if I remember correctly, I felt like we all said with the first issue that like things aren't adding up here, but um, it's all going to add up to something wild and crazy. And hey, it did. <laughs> I am definitely here for uh, you know for for the story that's being told. Uh, the art, especially when you're mixing like the different kind of, I don't want to say realities, but that kind of is what it is. Um, we're mixing the different realities. I mean, the, the art plays well throughout. Um, this is a really fun story. Uh, I, I was kind of apprehensive after reading for issue one, but after issue two, I am definitely all in. Uh, Matt, what'd you think? Um, yeah, the... I remember finishing issue one and going kind of like, like what is going on? Like it ended on a very weird note. Um, yeah, and like you said, we, I think we all thought that like something is going on, but you really have no idea what after issue one issue two gives you a lot of information on kind of how things got to be the way they are and where they're going. It introduces you to the big bad. Um, it kind of gives you a little bit more of each of the characters that are going to play crucial roles in the story. Um, it also gives you a fair amount of background, I guess, into that soldier that you see at the end of issue one. Um, this evil druid is hundred percent up my alley. Like that's the kind of dark, weird, creepy stuff that I'm like, all right, let's, Let's go down the rabbit hole and see see where we can go. Um, so I, I I'm ready for more issues of this. Tabitha, what do you think? So one of the reasons that I am so bad about picking up single issue comics is because of things like this. Because I remember really enjoying that first one, and I had no clue, not even a hint of where this was going, and I had to ask for a refresher on the first one i i don't mind so much being dropped off in the world that i was in previously in a second like a second issue my my gripe here is this this until about um, over halfway through felt like a completely different story so it almost didn't i felt no connection to that first one that i actually enjoyed so like i said i think this is just this is why i don't read single issue comics well, next up uh, is an original graphic novel, so it might be more up your alley, Tabitha. Um, it is Spontaneous. It's out January 10th from Oni Press, written by Joe Harris, with art by Brett uh, Waldele. So, Spontaneous Human Combustion killed Melvin's father when Melvin was three years old. Since then, Melvin has devoted his life to finding out more about this phenomenon and just why this happens more than it should in his hometown. Uh, with the help of investigative reporter Emily, the two uncover secrets that were never meant to be revealed. Um, Matt, let's start with you this time. Um, this is this is a hard one for me because I really enjoyed the premise. I really liked the idea behind this story. Um, I 
I didn't super care for the art apart from the fact that the differentiation between like the cool colors and then where fire comes in, like you get that yellow and orange like change to things. Um, this, I hate to say this, but it feels like a good idea that was not executed super well. Um, there's a lot of jumping back and forth. There's some confusion on what timeline you're in. Um, and then at the end, you get an info dump to kind of answer all of the questions instead of letting you or showing you the characters figuring out what happened. Um, I would have been happier with a two volume arc that in in the second volume, you kind of get to see them coming to those conclusions instead of the blocks of voiceover, if you will, explaining like what they figured out or what happened. Um, so, like I said, I, this idea is fantastic. I love this. I feel like there's a lot more to explore as far as that idea goes. I just was not a huge fan of the execution. One other note. I did happen to look this up. This is a paperback issue of a book that was originally released 12 years ago. Oh, wow. The hardcover was released in 2012. So, yeah, just a fun note for you. (laughs) Tabitha, what about you? Part one, spontaneous human combustion is like in my top five things that I'm terrified of. Um, (laughs) One day I think I'm just going to get so angry that it's finally going to happen to me. So watching it happen on the page was kind of terrifying. Just please don't have it happen here. I'll do my best. Um, You're in control. Yeah, truly you are in control of me spontaneously human combusting in your house. I I have the power. You have the power. Um, I'm with Matt. Like the time jumps in this were confusing at best uh i kept having to go back a page to see if maybe i accidentally like skipped through something and i just missed it i liked the story and i was intrigued but i kind of felt like i was reading a abc family tv show in a way and it kind of maybe you telling saying it was 2012 makes sense because there was that run of like 2010 to like 2013 where everyone was having like these kind of stories told where it felt very like Smallville, like there's like a big bad corporate guy in the background kind of thing running everything from his mansion in the woods. This just happened to be from his nursing home in the woods. Um, (laughs) I enjoyed the art. The best part of this, I think, was those moments where you were getting almost the flashbacks and the color differentiation for me. But as far as the story was concerned, it felt like it was just kind of like loose ended until they were like, oh, we want to end this. We need to wrap it up. My biggest complaint is for some reason, I thought Melvin was a child and the reporter lady was like an older woman based on the way they were. And all of a sudden they're like kissing. And I was like, what in the Mary Kay Latorno is happening? Like, Like I had to stop. And I was like, how old? Is. I thought he was like 11 or like 15 and she was like in her 40s and I was very upset for a brief moment until I and she, he's like laying on her lap underneath this tree and I'm like what what how old I need everyone's date of birth please <laughs> please provide me with your driver's license so I don't know 
Yeah. Um, I agree with you, Tabitha. I really enjoyed the art. I thought the art was phenomenal in this. Um, one of the hindrances was definitely um, how it was hard to tell the past from the present. There were definitely a couple times where I was reading along and then I was like, wait a second. And then I flipped back a couple pages. I was like, oh, okay. Um, <clears throat> you both complained about the info dump at the end. I actually enjoyed that because <clears throat> I didn't see it so much as an info dump as I did uh, Emily telling her story. Finally, like this was this was Emily's, you know, article, expose, you know, what have you. Uh, and so for that, I, w- I was here for it because um, as someone who like studied journalism in college and everything like that, I loved Emily. Um, I thought that um there were there were definitely a few moments where like she said some things that i feel like only someone who's taken at least journalism 101 would have picked up on (laughs) um and so i was here for that i'm gonna be honest the first couple of pages there were a few jokes that i don't want to say jokes but whatever um that kind of almost turned me off from this book um, I almost, I almost checked out then, but then, you know, I kept going and I, I got really invested in the story. Uh, I think you're right, Matt. I, I really liked the idea of this story and I think that it could have been a lot better. Um, you know, just with like a few and not even necessarily any like major, you know, like tweaks to it, just like a couple like little things here and there. I think it would have been a much uh, more cohesive, much more. I don't want to say a more interesting story because it was interesting, but like there were just there were a few times in there where it kind of took me out of it. Um, one major thing that I don't think was ever explained: why did the police officer have her daughter with her like all the time? Every day is bring her kid to work day. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's just because it's like small town usa or whatever i like, am from small town usa you still can't bring your daughter to work if you're a cop <laughs> fair um but yeah i yeah and and kind of going back like yeah some of the some of the things that kind of turned me off now knowing that this story you know was actually 10 plus years ago like eh, okay it kind of makes sense uh because our senses of humor as a society was different back then. Yeah. Things like that. So like, I, I guess I can kind of understand that. Uh, the last book we're going to talk about tonight, uh, is send them a farewell gift for the lost time. Very long title. <laughs> um, is it is a fallout boy song. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I wish. <laughs> Dear Pete and Patrick. <laughs> So, uh, Send Them a Farewell Gift for the Lost Time is out January 16th from Tokyo Pop by uh, Kokomi. So, Narus and Tui were together for four years when Narus decided he had had enough and ended things with his boyfriend. Uh, but it's clear that the two aren't completely over each other, uh, but will the two be able to see each other in a new light? Um, much like with Spontaneous, this book goes back and forth between the past and the present a lot and with it being black and white it's very it was very difficult to tell um especially when 
you know, these two main characters, yeah, there are some changes to their appearance, you know, from the past and the present, but it's not anything major. You know, they, it was really, really hard to tell the difference. Um, this was a very... It, it, it was a sappy romance at the end of the day. Um, sappy and spicy. Um, there were a couple of very spicy moments in this book. Um, but I don't know. Like I, I had talked to Tabitha earlier this week about it uh, because there was one book that we reviewed a few weeks ago and she had mentioned how like how emo it was. And I was like, well, if you thought that book was emo. <laughs> um, so this is a Fallout Boy song. Maybe. Ah. <laughs> um, but yeah, but like... I don't know. I thought I thought that it was it was a really good story. It was cute. It was sweet. Um, it had the ending that I kind of expected it to have, um, but still, like, I wasn't I wasn't upset that it got the ending that I expected it to have. If that makes sense. So now let's go to trailer takedown. Let's get ready for trailer takedown. And thankfully, we only have two movies to talk about uh, this week because somebody wouldn't let us talk about the Steamboat Willie horror movie. Thank you. You're welcome. So I this... still watch that trailer anyways. You did watch it? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I still haven't gotten around to it. <laughs> I had a whole conversation with my brother-in-law about it. I'm so angry. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, it gives you the willies. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the first shame of 2024. And it wasn't it didn't even... go to Mitch. Wow. <laughs> that was so worth it, though. <laughs> yes, I'm proud of myself. Don't look at me like that. Oh, hey, guys, I haven't updated my list yet. <laughs> So, um, our two movies, we have Three Body Problem versus The Ones Who Live. Tabitha, uh, since you forcefully took that microphone, uh, let's start with you. So, Three Body Problem is a book by Ken Liu that I have wanted to read for a really long time. And I think it's been on our shelves also for a really long time. And I keep... Like, looking at it and thinking about reading it and then getting distracted. Um, This trailer made me actually want to sit down and read it so I can enjoy this show when it comes out. I don't know what I thought Three Body Problem was about, but nothing in this trailer is what I thought Three Body Problem was about. So now I'm intrigued. As far as The Ones Who Live, no one warned me that I was about to have to watch a Walking Dead trailer. And why are they still walking? And also, (laughs) I just... I need to... I need... I need the producers of these Walking Dead shows to realize that no one is going to the end of the earth for old Rick fucking Grimes. No one. I don't care how much you like him. No one's walking to the end of the earth for Rick Grimes. They're not doing it. It's not happening. And Andrew Lincoln's weird tiny teeth. So I'm giving <laughs> Three Body Problem all 10 of my points. Walking Dead, you get nothing as you deserve. I'm going to keep mine short and sweet. Um, I had no flipping clue what was going on during Three Body Problem. Um, none whatsoever. But even then, like, there's a three percent chance that I will watch that show. But there is a 
1000% chance that I will watch that before I watch The Ones Who Live, <laughs> which it's a series. I didn't even realize it was a series. So, yeah, three body, body problem, you get 10 points. I almost gave it three points, but I was like, wait. Ugh. Um, Matt. Uh, so, like I said, when we watch this trailer, I apologize, but I don't about the Walking Dead trailer. Um, number one, everybody thought this was going to be a movie. That's what AMC and Kirkman and the producers had said that we were going to get a Michonne and Rick movie. Now we're getting a series. Um, yes, they're two of probably the most interesting characters on that show. Um, do we need another series in this universe? Not at all. Um, like, I don't, there's going to, I don't, I don't know how many people actually care that they're still walking and there are still zombies and they're still killing the zombies. Um, it's just, it, it's, it, it's past its prime. Um, three body problem. I'm, I'm going to echo Tabitha here because I've, we've had this on the shelf for quite a long time. Wanted to read it for even longer than we've had it on the shelf. Um, no, I don't really have a freaking clue what's going on in this trailer other than this is hard science fiction and it's weird AF, but there's nothing in this trailer that doesn't make me want to go home, take this book off the shelf and start reading right now. Um, I know that this is a trilogy of of books. Um, the production value on this looks absolutely incredible. Um, so being a Netflix series, just it's like they seem to have pulled no punches on this. Um, I am going to follow suit with everybody else. Ten points for three body problem and zero for uh, Michonne and Rick Grimes. Sorry, Lydia. Um... Please don't take this the wrong way. But it really doesn't matter where your points are. But <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Go ahead and, and tell us anyway. I mean, I kind of don't want to now, but okay, fine. Uh, yeah, so Walking Dead just l- literally needs to die at this point. Also, I, I stopped watching the series, the original series when Megan came in, so I feel like I've missed a lot. I have no idea what's going on in this new series, and I really don't care. My only thought was, where's Daryl? Because honestly, at this point, he's all I care about anymore. He's in France. How okay. he got there, we don't effing know. Cool. Good for him. <laughs> um. Three body problem. I don't like you guys said. I don't know what I was expecting with this, especially with that title. I was picturing something else, like I don't know, like Twenty One Jump Street or something. I think it's the number thing, but this is totally not what I was expecting. <laughs> I am intrigued. I want to see where this is going. My only gripe, and I'm curious if the book series is the same way, is I was getting a lot of X Men vibes. Like with the helmet thing, my first thought was, okay, is Magneto going to show up? And then it's like, oh, hey, wait, is that Cerebro? What's going on? So the exact same, literally verbatim. That would explain why Wong was there. It's true. Um, That's the tie into the MCU. (laughs) It all makes sense now. Uh, But no, I'm intrigued. I want to actually sit down and watch this, which takes a lot to actually get me that intrigued with something with a TV series. So yeah, app. Absolutely, it gets all my points, and Walking Dead can just die. Please, please, please. 
<laughs> so with the first uh, shutout of 2024, <laughs> I don't even have to do the math this time. This is I like this, guys. Uh, You're welcome. Don't get used to it. <laughs> Three Body Problem wins this week's trailer takedown. Did you plan that, Matt? I did not, but I felt like with that Walking Dead trailer as badly as we have beaten that dead horse i felt like i needed to bring that to the group all right let's go to gut reaction Ow! gut reaction and tonight we are actually going to visit the baby yoda news desk but this time we have special correspondent matt Coming to you live from a galaxy far, far away, the Baby Yoda News Desk. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the wonderful characters of Grogu slash Baby Yoda and the Mandalorian, uh, created by Jon Favreau, are going to uh, make the hyperspace jump to the big screen. Yeah. What? You didn't like my segue? Okay. Anyway, um, it was announced on StarWars.com. Kathleen Kennedy has said that Favreau and Dave Filoni have created two of the most beloved characters in the Star Wars universe, and they have a story that is fit for the big screen. Um, Favreau is going to start production at some point this year. Uh, Mandalorian Season 4 is still happening on Disney+, Plus, but we're also going to be getting a movie. Um, as much as I love baby Yoda and Mando, I'm going to go thumb sideways on this because at this point, I feel like you almost should have just taken season one and made that the movie. I'm wondering what big story they have in, in, in their back pocket that would be worthy of the big screen at this point. So Lydia. I mean, we all know that my Star Wars like knowledge and everything is lax um, with how much love there is for these two characters in this series thus far. I am going to go with you and say thumb sideways because I'm concerned that they are taking the love these characters have and going, oh, we can make more money if we put it in the theater and it's going to flop. Um, I'm giving this a thumbs three quarters up. Um is that been an option the whole time? Nope. I mean, sometimes, yeah. Thumb math. <laughs> we've 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 done thumbs mostly up. We've done this before. Mm. We've assigned it a percentage. <laughs> okay, fine. So, so now 75%, 80%, 85%. Talking about math, that's too much. <laughs> fine. So a thumb mostly up. Um <laughs> Because, okay, so, like, I like the idea of this movie. I'm here for this movie. This will hopefully make me get around to watching season three. Um, However, and I don't know if this is just the working title, but it's just called The Mandalorian and Grogu. Like, I don't know what I would call it, but not that. I do not like that name. Tabitha. I also do not like that name. However, I can't give anything but a thumbs up to anything involving Baby Yoda. So, thumbs up. Lydia, uh, let's talk about um, some uh, video game voiceovers. SAG-AFTRA announced uh, Tuesday that it apparently signed a deal with Replica Studios, which is an artificial intelligence uh, voice technology company. Uh, Basically, uh, 
agreeing to have licensing for actors' voices to be used in video games via this artificial intelligence. Um, there has been a huge uproar in the voice acting community because apparently while uh, they are acting like this was something that was voted upon by the members of this union, uh, a lot of people are saying they had no idea that this agreement was even going on. Um SAG-AFTRA is saying uh, that this agreement is supposed to be a good thing for voice actors, basically saying that it is giving them the option to opt out of having their voice used for through this artificial intelligence uh, if they don't want it and all that. However, like I said, everyone's saying, hey, we didn't even know this was a thing. Why would I sign my own pink slip on and on and on? Um, while I can see, like, from one side because i've actually gotten <laughs> hootie involved in this because you know union guy had to ask the question about all the ethics involved in this um if they did actually go through the steps of putting this to a vote and having people like put their two cents in then yes it makes sense to have an agreement in place where hey if you want to do this we can get you actually paid to have your voice done as an AI, so you don't have to go through the hassle of doing this. If you want to opt out of it, you can say no, that's fine. If that's true, then cool. But if you went through all this process and got this agreement agreed upon, basically, without actually consulting the people that you are supposed to be unionized for, that is a big no-no, and there is a lot of consequences that are going to happen for this, and I think that we're going to see a lot more involving this story. So... For right now, I'm going to go thumbs down because it feels like that they went behind a lot of people's backs and did something that they should not have. Yeah, this is a huge thumbs down for me. Um, isn't this like, isn't the whole idea behind AI like a big reason for the actor strike in the first mm -hmm. place? Um, so then to go ahead and be like, mm, voice actors, mm, whatever, uh, which voice actors, they do not get the, the love Absolutely and the recognition not. that they deserve anyway and this is just yet another um another point to that tabitha at the end of the day they were fighting against previously with the sag after after strike the utilization of ai in general mm -hmm. and with the writer strike same thing chat gpt where you have people fighting against computer systems this is absolutely no different we are we are very much so headed toward a world where people who are, I don't know how to word this without sounding like a jerk, people who are, I don't want to say just voice actors, but like people whose faces are not noticeable and recognizable, their voices are, we're going to run out of those people because it's going to be cheaper, more cost effective, and more efficient to use AI for those voices without and cutting out the human element entirely, which is terrifying and sad. That's where we're going, and I don't know how they're going to stop it. So I'm giving this a huge thumbs down. Matt. Yeah, this is like an unbelievable can of worms um, because the voice acting business in general, from my understanding, which little as it is, is incredibly hard to break into. Um, and those that do it are unbelievably talented. Um, I've always had an issue with those animated movies that have 
the big name actors voicing characters. Granted, yes, say what you will. Like Jack Black is Poe from the um, Kung Fu Panda, the Kung Fu Panda movies. He is Poe. Like he just is that character. But the vast majority of those big name actors that voice those characters, they just—it's like you're doing it because you want that big name attached to it. Mm-hmm. And if that big name can then opt in and say, yeah, go ahead and use my voice. Now I don't even have to show up in the studio to record these lines. Those people that have made their life and their life's work to be voice actors are just completely shut out. They're out the door. They're done. Because why would you pay them to come in and recite their lines? Because they can't probably afford to opt out. But these big name actors will be able to, okay, yeah, go ahead and use it. So all of a sudden you've got Chris Pratt. Not just voicing Garfield and Mario, you've got him voicing every character under the sun because he decided to sign into this. Like, I'm not saying that he would, but like, just as an example. So, and that's not fair to those voice actors. Um, well, another point that I, I was talking to Hootie about was uh, how does this affect like deceased voice actors? So, like, right. are we going to end up with Kevin Conway voicing Batman for the rest of eternity because of the something that they wanted to do with AI cuz they opted in. Yeah. Yeah, that creeps me out. I thought about that too, especially when we I mean, remember when everybody flipped out about the like uh holograph of Tupac? Like we're literally going to run into a time where all we have is like dead actors that are their voices and their images are still being used. We like I said I lauded the Harrison Ford thing for uh Dial of Destiny where they CGI back to young Harrison Ford. If they can do that that well in that film, what stops them from doing that after he passes away? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm gonna go thumbs down on this because it is. It's just I know in some ways this is where we're headed, but this is not where we need to go. Speaking of AI, Matt, you've got some Magic the Gathering news. I do so. Wizards of the Coast, Hasbro, Magic the Gathering continues to dig themselves a deeper and deeper hole. Um, they recently had some artwork that was for promotional materials for new releases. Um, originally those images came out and people called them out saying that there was AI aspects to the artwork. They said, no, 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 that's not true. They quickly backtracked on that, deleted their X slash Twitter post. Um, and, um, Basically, like, oh, well, there might have been a few. Um, they confirmed that, quote unquote, some AI components were used in recent marketing artwork. Um, they then promised to rethink how they work with AI and vendors in the future. Um, needless to say, the damage has been done. Um, they have artists that have worked with them for years, including. Um, one who has done more than 60 Magic the Gathering cards. He's worked with them since 2007. He has said, nope, I'm done. I'm cutting ties. I will not do any more work for them. Um, he did admit that he has the financial ability to do that. So don't take it out on those artists that can't afford to say no to this and have to continue to work with Wizards of the Coast. Um but he is taking a stand because he financially can, um, and he will not be working with them because he will not deal with a company that thinks that, um, you know, using AI components in artwork is okay. Um, 
Hasbro, Magic the Gathering, Wizards of the Coast, like I said, they just continue to dig their own grave. I played that card game as a kid, teenager, but this is they, they just continue to misstep after misstep, and they're going to continue to pay for it. So thumbs down to them. Um, I'll get to you in a second, Lydia, but uh, Matt, I just want to mention that you, you said uh, say no to this, and then... I stopped listening because I got that song from Hamilton stuck. Same, <laughs> same. I'm over here like jamming. <laughs> um, Lydia, I forgot what we were talking about now. Um, yeah, so so kind of the same thing like with the whole voice actor thing. AI is getting way too involved in all forms of art to the point where people that have like spent basically their lives building their craft are getting pushed aside because computers can do it cheaper now and i hate it just thumbs down it needs to it needs to be removed from all forms of media yeah um yeah i don't have much to add i thumbs down this is kind of like what you're saying earlier tabitha like there's no stopping it we've opened you know pandora's box or or what have you um but it's still a real pain to see um, especially when, you know, when you think of, like, when we were kids, you know, you think, you know, like, when artificial intelligence or robots or whatever, like, take over the world, they would do it, they would work the jobs that we don't want to work so that we could do the things that we want to do. However, AI is doing the things that we want to do so that we can just continue to be slave labor. Uh, late stage mm. capitalism. Tabitha. Don't like that. Now I'm depressed. Um, <laughs> no, this is this is a giant thumbs down for me. Again, like we are becoming as a society for our media, like kind of reliant on AI, and I don't know where that goes. Um, in 20 years, will every single book I read be written by Chat GPT? Maybe <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Um, I think that all we can really do to like maintain some kind of hope and some semblance of things is like when we go to things like C2E2 and we go to conventions, we're making sure we're supporting like physical artists and people who are working really hard to break into those kind of scenes and make sure that those people know that they're supported and it's not like not we we notice them. It's we, appreciated. Yes, and it's appreciated that they're doing those things and we're not just like, oh, what do we need you for? We have AI. Like I don't I don't ever want to be that person. So 100%. So moving on to hopefully some happier topics. Uh so IDW has renewed its licensing agreement with Paramount to continue putting out Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comics. Uh, IDW has had the agreement since 2009. Um, this new agreement will see the publishing company keep the agreement in time for the Turtles' 40th anniversary. Um, saying all this, I saw, like, just before you guys got here, they announced that the current series of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles will end with the upcoming issue 150, which will actually come out on my birthday. Um, I am giving this a... I'm giving this a thumbs up. Um... I have not read much of this huge run of Ninja Turtles. Um, IDW also puts out the Ninja Turtles uh, Saturday Morning Adventures. Uh, it was originally a miniseries, and now it's become an ongoing. Um, I read the original miniseries. It was a lot of fun. I haven't read any of the uh, other issues. But uh, 
Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles will always have a soft spot in my heart. Um, and especially with IDW having it for the Turtles 40th anniversary, IDW has clearly has done fantastic things with Ninja Turtles. So this is, I, I'm here for this. I think this is good news. Tabitha. You're happy. I'm happy. Don't know a thing about Mutant Ninja Turtles since the 80s. So thumbs up. Matt. Um, th- I think this is a good thing. I-, I agree with you that if IDW has done what they have done, with the property and they continue to do these things, it's just going to, I don't think it's ever going to be as big as it was in the eighties, but it will continue to have the staying power that has had. Um, we'll continue to get a movie here and there, maybe a new TV show. The comics will continue. Um, honestly, I'm almost most, most excited about the fact that with issue 150, it seems to be the end of a run and they'll be restarting. And as much as I hate reboots for Marvel and DC, I've wanted to read Ninja Turtles for a long time, and I've never known where to start. I might actually have a finding, finally have a starting point, so thumbs up. <laughs> Lydia. So what Tabitha said, you guys are happy. I'm happy, so thumbs up, but also you said DW, and now I want to go watch Darkwing Duck. Yes. <laughs> I mean, we can just end this podcast here and then watch Darkwing Duck for a couple hours. Okay. Bye! <laughs> <laughs> No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> Tabitha, let's talk about Keanu Reeves, and I swear... There's not one mention of John Wick in my story. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, Keanu Reeves is releasing a novel. He announced on Wednesday that he's going to be collaborating with one of his favorite authors, China Mel- Myville. I'm probably butchering that. On a book called The Book of Elsewhere. Um, the book is inspired, but not 100% based on... Uh, Keanu's comic book series I'm just is it Berserker is that what it's okay Um, which he created with Matt Kent and Ron Garney that tells the story of immortal warriors fighting through the ages Um, he's quoted as saying I hope you love it Um, and they have a release date of July so I'm gonna go with the solid thumb sideways Um, I don't know anything about this story um, but I do know I love Keanu Reeves Matt. So I read the first couple issues of Berserker. Um, I believe it's still possibly in in talks to be a movie or a TV show with Keanu, again, starring, writing, whatever. I mean, if you've read the comic, the character, the main character is obviously based on him. It looks very much like him. Um, to expand this universe of his story, that he obviously has more stories to tell for this character... I'm here for this. Um, I- I'm going to go thumbs up. I think this is fun. It's a cool way to expand. Lydia. I didn't know that he wrote, so that's fun. <laughs> um, but this sounds cool, so I'll give it a tentative thumbs up. Yeah, I'll give it a thumbs up. Um, I'm not personally interested, but, you know, Keanu, you do you, boo-boo. So, it was recently announced that... Charmaine Obeyed Chinoy. Am I pronouncing that right? Okay. Who knows? <laughs> um, will direct an upcoming Star Wars movie featuring Rey, uh, making her the first woman and first person of color to direct a film for that franchise. So in an interview with CNN, Charmaine said, quote, we're in 2024 now, and it's about time that we had a woman come forward and shape a story in a galaxy far, far away. Uh, panelists on the Fox News show outnumbered uh, bla- 
they blasted the announcement, uh, saying that the movie will flop because of its women first agenda and for being too woke. Uh, <laughs> this caused Emily Campango to tell the group that's she said, I- I'm going to try to say it like her. That's why I'm a Trekkie and not Star Wars. Yeah, she was like moving her neck and everything um, while doing the live long and prosper gesture backwards. Isn't that a gang sign? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Probably. Um, That's not the way that the female Vulcans are supposed to do it. <laughs> so I'm giving Charmaine a thumbs up. Um, I don't. I know that she's directed other things. I, I've never watched anything that she has directed. Um, but if she has a different vision for Star Wars, I'm willing to give that a chance. Thumbs down to Emily. Um, hi, have you ever watched an episode? Pick literally any episode of Star Trek and you won't be a Trekkie anymore because it is more woke than anything that Star Wars has done. Um, ah, ah. <laughs> Thumbs down. Tabitha. I want an emotional roller coaster. So good for Charmaine. Thumbs up. Get it. Give me a feminist Star Trek movie. But does it have to be about Ray? I. Mm, mm, we come off such strong female leads in the Star Wars world. Got Princess Leia. You even have Padme, who is at you know at best like seventy five percent not a peon. But then you gave me Ray, and I just wanted to punch her in the face the entire time. So like, if we're gonna do a new Star Wars character written by a woman that is a woman, give me a new character that is not Ray. Um, also, Fox News can get fucked. Thumbs down for that. <laughs> Matt. Um, thumbs up to Charmaine. Um, if she's got a story and it fits in the Star Wars universe, it goes with everything. Absolutely. Thumbs up. Fantastic. Love it. Go for it. Um, maybe she'll give Ray some backbone. Gonna retcon the whole character? Maybe. You never know. Wouldn't be the first time. Um, so thumbs up to her, absolute thumbs down to Fox News, and yeah, she obviously has never actually watched a Star Trek episode, because Star Trek is way more inclusive than, honestly, Star Wars could probably ever dream of being. Lydia. So again, I don't Star Wars that much. <laughs> I, I don't even really know who Ray is, other than I could t- tell you from a picture, um, but thumbs up for Charmaine, and good luck taking apparently what is a mediocre character and maybe making it better. <laughs> um, Unpopular opinion. I like Grey. Again, I have no frame of reference, so I'm just going off of the opinions in the room. Lydia, um, I will make a very good comparison after the show and then you will not like Grey. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, thumbs down to everything else because just... Can I punch those people in the face? Is yes. that appropriate? Okay, cool. Um, we're going to stick with stars, kind of. Matt, let's talk about Star Citizen. <laughs> so Star Citizen is an online space simulation that, if I'm understanding correctly, has not actually even been released. 
Uh, it's been in development for a long time, been crowdfunded, kickstartered, whatever. Um, in the first quarter of this year, they are releasing a new pack of starships, vessels, what have you, that are will be available in the game. Um, this pack includes 175 vessels of all makes, models, whatever. The whole idea of this game, I guess, is that you build the fleet, you traverse the galaxy doing jobs and quests and smuggling things and what have you. Here's the kicker. This pack costs $48,000. I'm sorry, what? Yes. $48,000. The hole gets deeper because apparently in order to qualify (laughs) to uh, purchase this uh, Legatus 2953 pack, as they're calling it, you have to be a member of the Star Citizens Chairman's Club, which requires purchases of $10,000 to achieve. Yes, those are real dollars. You have to spend $10,000 in-game to have the option to purchase this $48,000 pack. And I'm, like I said, if I'm not mistaken, this game hasn't even really been released. What? So this is money laundering. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. Like, I guess if you commit to this, then when the game eventually launches, you will have all of these ships. Thumbs down. Lydia. So, yeah, I'm, I was looking it up while you were talking, and yeah, it, it doesn't even look like it's out yet. So, first of all, the fact that you're trying to sell me additional content for a game that's not even out yet, I'm angry. Second of all, what the heck is that price point? I don't care how big of a fan you are, especially for something that's not out yet. Why would you invest that much money into something you don't even know if it's good yet? Guys, I am mad. Thumbs down. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Let's let's revisit this and circle back in, I don't know, six months. And I guarantee we're going to have a story about how the developers of this have been arrested for money laundering. <laughs> Thumbs down. Tabitha. This is an FDIC nightmare. Thumbs down. <laughs> uh, Lydia, let's talk about Twitch. Uh, sp- speaking of games, I guess. Uh, so Twitch, which is the like biggest live streaming platform there is, um, apparently is making uh, about 500 uh, layoffs this year after they did about 400 last year, which was a part of a bigger layoff that Amazon did. Um, so Am- uh, Amazon uh, out- owns Twitch now, and they announced that they are doing a 35% cut of their workforce, which is about 500 people. Um, the uh, CEO actually posted a blog saying, as you all know, we have worked hard over the last year to run our business as sustainably as possible. Unfortunately, we still have work to do to right-size our company, and I regret to sh- having to share that we are taking the painful step of reducing our headcount by just over 500 people across Twitch. Um, so, apparently there's a lot m- more kind of going on with Twitch than just these layoffs. They are... Uh, kind of downsizing, trying to cut costs as uh, much as possible. 
because um, they are doing uh, this layoff. They are also uh, stopping their streaming services for South Korea as of like February of this year. Um, they also had about five executives leave the company within the past year. And they are also switching up their amounts that the streamers actually make off of their streaming uh, service. So uh, right now, they uh, had a 70-30 split, which the streamers actually got 70% of the profits from the subscribers that they did. They are now switching that to 50-50, but they are doing 50-50 for people that may have made uh, $100,000 or more. On the streaming platform if you are still below that threshold you will still get the 70 30 split but once you hit that it will adjust to 50 50. so i mean i'm gonna give a thumbs down to the fact that they're laying off 500 people because i mean that's 500 people's livelihoods that are basically going down the drain but i feel like the fact that they allowed streamers to make a hundred thousand dollars it doesn't say if it's a month a year or what even so, if you make $100,000 streaming, I think you can take a 30% cut. <laughs> so I like I feel like they should have adjusted the amounts that they were giving before so that they didn't have to make this kind of cut internally and cost people jobs. So maybe adjust your numbers before you have to make this kind of adjustment for your own employees so yeah just thumbs down i'm gonna go thumbs sideways um while yeah i hate to hear about anybody losing their job especially in a situation where you know they didn't necessarily deserve to lose their job not that anybody deserves to lose their job but you know what i mean some people i fired a lot of people mitch (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah well i don't ever that kind of story never makes me happy but at the same time it sounds like Twitch is trying to course correct. Uh, I didn't realize that they were in the trouble that they were. I also don't know that I knew that Amazon had purchased them, but yeah, I for about uh, nine hundred seventy thousand dollars. Oh, what? Or no, that thousand million. Sorry. Okay, <laughs> that makes more sense. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> wrong number. <laughs> um. So yeah, so like, if Twitch was. In this situation, um, they they should, well, yes, they should have tried to fix the situation before it got this bad. At least they're trying to still be a thing and not just, you know, pitter out within the next two to three years. Tap. So the, the layoffs followed by upping their price, like essentially their prices for their streamers and like the differentiation there and the cut that they were receiving previously makes me think that they lost money elsewhere. They like tried to do something on the Yeah, they tried to buy one of those ships. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's what they did. Um, They, they tried to make a financial decision elsewhere that now they're, especially with the loss of so many people in like a position of power um, in a very short amount of time. That's frightening from like a corporate standpoint. Um, that makes me think that they tr- they spent money on something that we don't know about that they're trying to recoup their profits from. So I'm giving that a giant thumbs down. Matt. This gets a giant thumbs down for me all around. Um, while I don't 
always agree corporate wise rob peter to pay paul you're owned by amazon suck it up bezos like don't line your pockets so much don't lay off these people and honestly like yes these people that make a hundred thousand dollars streaming they can probably afford a cut of 20 or 30 percent in their profits but at the same time this is what they do to make a living they obviously make content that is valuable to those that watch so all of a sudden because you effed up they get less money that's not their fault it's not the fault of these 500 employees you you should find a better way to do this than taking money out of other people's pockets and out of their livelihoods take it out of bezos's pocket especially if you're owned by them you should be able to figure that out somehow some some other way thumbs down I agree with that. I do kind of feel like with the whole uh, split for the, the streamers thing, I feel like they should have made that a thing from the get-go. Like, mm-hmm. if you hit this threshold, your payment adjusts. Because, or- because by that point, if you are making that much money streaming, you have sponsors, you have other people backing you other than just the streaming platform that you're on. Or, at the very least, adjust it so that anybody that from in like in the future crosses that threshold Mm -hmm. this is where you sit yes to to basically retcon that for the people that are already there that's not fair to them yeah um matt let's go into the ready verse let's not i don't like this story at all but what (laughs) well listen and you'll find out (laughs) (laughs) so um ready player one Yep, and the uh, game system that they all logged into, um, Readyverse Studios is an AI, metaverse, and content company, whatever the F that means, um, is partnering with author Ernest Klein and the film producer of the movie, Dan Farah, um, in quote-unquote building the definitive destination for fans to explore their favorite stories in ip in the metaverse leveraging web 3 again don't know what that means um metaverse games and experiences augmented reality and virtual reality technologies they're trying to make the world of ready player one a real thing um they already have the rights to all of Ernest Klein's IPs and future IPs to build this quote unquote ready verse. It's set to launch sometime this year. And I don't exactly know what, but there is some connection partnership involvement with Warner brothers discovery as part of this. I'm not here for this. This does not need to be a thing. I'm just going to go thumbs down. Lydia. So, <laughs> so like they're trying to make the. the yep. Uh, I don't know much about the, this series, I guess, but uh, that just sounds like horrible ideas. That's that's a horrible decision. Uh, so many bad things. I. I so many bad things. I, I don't have anything to say, guys. Just thumbs down. No. Yeah. Uh, thumbs down. No notes. Tabitha. <laughs> K. 
can we just leave the book the book? And we don't need the sequel. We don't need the sequel. We don't need the movie. We don't need whatever the hell this is. I need a time machine. <laughs> Fun stuff. So, I don't really know how this happened. We've got five stories left. The next four are Tabitha's. <laughs> I'm sorry for who I am. No, like, I'm sorry for who I am because, like... <laughs> I don't know how I did, like, I, I tried to, like, space them out evenly and everything like that. That just did not happen this week. I'm going to need a uh, honey lemon tea so I can talk for that long. <laughs> to be fair, um, all of these stories are weird AF, so <laughs> you did kind of bring it on yourself. That's fair. Uh, let's talk about remains in space. We'll start with my least weird story. <laughs> yes. How is that the least weird? <laughs> I'm concerned. <laughs> Stay tuned. Um, so in November of 2023, NASA announced that it was going to be placing equipment on the moon via a lander from an American space company named Astrobotics that launched on January 8th. But unfortunately, it's looking like that lander is not going to get to the moon. And if it does get to the moon, it looks like it's going to crash into the moon. And we don't know what shape it will be in once it does land um i won't bore you with all the super sciencey details let's just say that it has a lot to do with the fact that they put the solar panels on the wrong side (laughs) (laughs) it's fine um in addition to the equipment from nasa on board this lander uh were also some uh human remains um there were ashes belonging to gene roddenberry arthur c clark and nichelle nichols there were some additional famous remains in the form of hair belonging to Dwight Eisenhower, John F. Kennedy, and George Washington. Um, this was part of what they were calling the Enterprise payload. That <laughs> uh, was courtesy of a private space company called Elysian Space, um, where Gene Roddenberry and um, Nichelle Nichols gave some of their ashes to be put on into space and onto the moon um, in their will. This was the company that was handling that. Um, while it is fitting for maybe those two to be lost in space, <laughs> um, Arthur C. Clarke, uh, George Washington, and Dwight Eisenhower, maybe even JFK. I, I don't know that they asked for this. Uh, I mean, the must-have somewhere, but I don't know who was in control of that. It just feels a little strange to me knowing that the president's hair will be on the moon. Maybe if it gets there. I don't. Oh, we shall see. We'll see where their ashes end up. In in, in my opinion, Gene Roddenberry uh, would be very pleased that his ashes were just roaming space. <laughs> uh, same with Michelle Nichols and probably Arthur C. Clarke as a sci-fi writer. Um, I think George Washington is probably going, what is space? Um, <laughs> Dwight Eisenhower is just grouchy about it. And JFK is probably upset because he's Catholic. Um, so thumbs sideways. <laughs> Matt. I mean, JFK did want to go to the moon. So there is that. Still didn't make it. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. We don't know. Um, Danger Will Robinson? <laughs> J- Danger George Washington? <laughs> Please name the episode that. <laughs> I don't even know what to say about this. Are we still giving thumbs? Because this is... Just- yes just floating into the ether at this point i don't even know where my thumb would go Not the moon. Nope. <laughs> lydia 
so like these are like scientists and NASA smart people that are supposed to be like sending this thing off right like how do you put the solar panels on the wrong side <laughs> they forgot where the sun was in the winter I think I honestly don't um I mean if it ever does make it to the moon and it does crash land I guess all the like hair and other things are gonna just join the ashes because it's gonna explode at that point um <laughs> I, I I don't know guys Th- thumbs side I don't even know. Thumbs yeah. in space. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm giving this a hard thumbs down. Um, NASA, like, well, I guess it wasn't completely NASA's fault, but still, like, y'all dropped the ball on this one. Hardcore. Um, and kind of like to echo what you were saying, Tabitha, like, in all of George Washington's years, he didn't think that this would ever be a thing. <laughs> he probably didn't know what space was. And then... Also, didn't think that he would ever be be there, and now there's his hair follicles going like it's it's passing star. I don't know, like star eight sixty seven or however the hell they name stars. I don't know. He just wanted to cross the Delaware, <laughs> and now he's crossing the Big Dipper. <laughs> um, Tabitha, let's talk about the sweetest lawsuit ever. Oh my god. All right. So you know how normally stories start out a Florida man. Um this uh, one yes. actually this one actually starts out a Florida woman. Oh. Um specifically from the Tampa Bay area. Um she is seeking a class action lawsuit against the Hershey company after the packaging for its peanut butter pumpkins uh showed false representation of the Reese's peanut butter cup. Um this woman says that she paid $4.49, which is very specific, for a pack of the pumpkin-shaped Reese's at her local Aldi grocery store because she assumed, and I quote, the product contained a cute-looking carving of a pumpkin's mouth and eyes as pictured on the packaging. Obviously, she opens it, it's just the chocolate, none of the detail. She says she wasn't wasn't going to purchase it if the pumpkins did not have the face and now she has accused Hershey of trying to convince people to buy the peanut butter candy by misleading untrue and deceptive and or fraudulent representation. However, she is also seeking damages on behalf of the entire state of Florida who purchased their deceptive products like the white ghost peanut butter bats and the peanut butter footballs. This class action lawsuit filing damages, she says, are going to exceed $5 million. If I filed a lawsuit every time I opened a package and the inside did not look like the outside, I would I would be having that video game thing. I would be in space with Gene Roddenberry's ashes. I would have so much money. It would be great. Thumbs down to this Florida woman. Matt. Y'all, if you don't know that you actually take a picture and are surprised when those Reese's peanut butter cups look like what they're supposed to, then you are an idiot. Like, if you open one up and it actually looks like a tree, you're like, holy shit, they got one that looks like a tree. Like, that's something you celebrate. Nobody expects them to actually look like a pumpkin or a tree. She's a moron. Thumbs down to her and her stupid lawsuit. Lydia. This is like the people that sued McDonald's because they spilled hot coffee in their lap and somehow won. And I'm terrified that this lady is going to win somehow. And I hate that for our society. Thumbs down. So we can maybe talk off air. The McDonald's lawsuit was 100% justified. Um, 
we're already well over an hour into it uh into this episode i'm not going to say this on air but like oh my god anyway back to this woman when i open up a reese's pumpkin you know what i'm not thinking about how oh there are not carvings in here that make it look like jack o' lantern (laughs) what i am thinking what i am thinking is oh snap i'm about to eat a reese's pumpkin which is one of the greatest things in the history of this world this is a great american product its ashes deserve to be in space right alongside george washington (laughs) this woman can get wrecked thumbs down um tabitha (laughs) let's stick with food and talk about spongebob ice cream so the popsicle company has given spongebob's popsicles a little little baby makeover um Hmm. Okay, uh, I don't know how to say this uh, in a PC kind of way. Um, they were inspired by the many fun faces of SpongeBob. So while they did not change the taste, apparently the SpongeBob popsicles taste like fruit punch and cotton candy. Didn't know that. Never had a SpongeBob popsicle. Um, they have changed the um, the visualization of SpongeBob to a more sketch-like design. Um, by sketch, like, I mean, it looks like Drunk Tabitha tried to dry it, draw it at, like, four o'clock in the morning on a napkin when she was explaining what Spongebob looked like to someone who had never seen Spongebob before. It is horrible. Yes. It kind of looks like a McDonald's fry container to me with a smiley face on front of it. It has no longer looked like Spongebob. It's lost its Spongebobiness to me. Um, I'm giving it a thumbs down because not only have I never had one, now I don't want to eat one because it creeps me out. Matt. Um, if I'm not mistaken, this SpongeBob remix um, looks like if uh, Christopher Nolan did <laughs> SpongeBob as the Joker. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Thumbs down. <laughs> Lydia. So while the uh, SpongeBob ice cream, I, I, I don't even know what these things are called, uh, have never really looked like spongebob because they usually have like wonky gumball eyes that are never in the right spot i would take that over this any day because th- yeah, this is not spongebob this is this is weird and i don't like it thumbs down yeah um thumbs down to that poor spongebob that just looks more sad than anything thumbs up to your description of that Matt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um tabitha we haven't heard from you in a while <sighs> Um, let's, let's chew on some Miller Lite mints. Never say that to me again. Um, let's chew on some Miller Lite mints. I'm going to murder you. Um, if you've ever thought to yourself, man, I wish my breath could smell like Miller Lite without actually drinking a Miller Lite, you're in luck. Um, Miller Lite is going to be selling its first ever mint starting on January 12th. You can order yourself a 1.13 ounce 10 of mints for $5. It tastes just like Miller Lite. Um, at first I'm going to read the quote from their press release. Consumers will be greeted with the freshness of beer, but notice the subtle difference and get a great taste of Miller that leaves consumers feeling fresh and their taste buds hoppy with beer and beer lovers can now chew their brew without consuming a drop of beer and enjoy some fresh breath in the process. Um, The company is releasing them due to dry January, apparently, and trying to give a fresh start to the new year. But I'm... Without you having to drink anything. 
if I smell a Miller light at 50 yards, I'm yakking. So if I put a mint in my mouth that smelled like a Miller light, I would probably just disintegrate into pieces on the ground. So thumbs down. Matt. Um, so they should change the name to DUI January because <laughs> you're going to get arrested for this, even though if you don't uh, <laughs> don't blow the uh, breathalyzer that you are intoxicated. Who could have possibly thought this was a good idea? Thumbs down. Everything okay over there? My hands are small. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, They're not yours. <laughs> don't worry Aww. about it. Yeah, that that was my first thought. Is like, who intentionally wants their breath to smell like beer, especially Miller, if they're not drinking beer? Because that just sounds like a way to get arrested. Second of all, I, I don't think you could actually call it a mint. It, there's not mint in it. So, I, I thumbs down, guys. Stop. Sue them for false advertising, just like Ooh. that Reese's woman. We can make a, hun- a ton of money, guys. I'm here for it. Um, so, quick story. Um, there was one time I was at I, I was at a dive bar. I don't even remember where I was, but like they, like I asked for something, they were out of it. I asked for something, they were out of it. And so, like at this point, I was like, I'm just seeing like a bunch of like domestics, and I was like, uh, I'll take a Miller Lite. Bartender turns around, leaves, and I'm like. Why the hell did I say that? Miller Lite is disgusting, guys. I want nothing of this. Thumbs down. So, I've got the last story of the night. And... Oh, it's not Tabitha? Yeah, it's not my turn anymore. (laughs) (laughs) But I was enjoying it so much. So was Tabitha. Was she? (laughs) So, um... I made sure to show you guys this video earlier tonight so that you know exactly what I'm talking about. So last year, we had the first ever Pop-Tarts Bowl, uh, which featured the North Carolina State Wolfpack and the Kansas State Wildcats. In the lead-up to the game, fans were promised another first, an edible mascot, which would go to the victors. Uh, before the game started, the mascot was unveiled via giant toaster, and it was a human in a Pop-Tart costume. Uh, throughout the game, uh, Poppy? Uh, I don't know. They didn't really... They didn't I, give I, him a name? I, I don't know. They sacrificed him to the players, and they didn't give him a name. I'm mad. <laughs> uh, throughout the game, Poppy could be seen like messing with the refs, uh, dancing and all around living his tartiest life. <laughs> so, <laughs> it, in the end, um, <laughs> Kansas State won twenty-eight to nineteen. Um. <laughs> And this is where things get heated. <laughs> I'm just going to leave this open. I'm just going to hold on to this bell. <laughs> so standing on top of the toaster and holding a sign that said, dreams really do come true. Um, Poppy <laughs> is lowered and comes back out the front, which is not <laughs> how toasters even work, by the way. Um, where the wildcats consume Poppy's flesh. Uh, don't like that. That's what happened. 
flesh, it's pastry. <laughs> so, even during his short life, Poppy was... <laughs> Poppy was able to go viral. Um, people fell in love with the pastry. There was one uh, post on X uh, that said, like, live every day like uh, the Pop-Tart le- led his last day or something like that. It was more funnier than I than I just read it. <coughs> but all hope is not lost. On December 30th, Pop-Tarts posted to social media. Um, it was the... Thinking of other women meme. You guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, With the guy thinking, since one of Strawberry's eyes was left over, could that mean uh, a full pastry regeneration allowing Strawberry to come again, uh, to come back again for next year's Pop-Tarts full? You made it worse, not better. No. Ten times worse. This makes me want to take a bath with the toaster, but that's about it. (laughs) But like... (laughs) How bizarre is this? I just want to take a minute to talk about all of the kids who were watching this game with their parents. They're like, oh, my God, look at that really fun mascot. This is so why are they eating him? (laughs) Daddy. (laughs) This is one of the reasons I hate mascots, because they always do funky stuff with them and it makes you just feel uncomfy. But never quite this funky. I have never seen a mascot eaten alive. No. <laughs> or well, alive, but also toasted. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think he was alive. Like it was a self sacrifice, definitely. Yeah, this is like throwing a virgin into a volcano, but like the football version. Oh, this is why no, 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 everyone no, no. hates. Poppy a- got laid. There's no way Poppy was a virgin. This is why everyone hates America. This. I'm moving. Goodbye. I'll to see where? you guys in the UK. I'm g- dear King Charles. Take me back. Uh, also, can we just like appreciate how uncomfortable like eat him comments or whatever. I don't even remember what they said now, but it was uncomfy. This is just a... No, I, I mean, I could I could tell my dad joke, but I'm not. Um, no, please do. Okay, I will in a second. Um, <laughs> after I... <laughs> Opening the shame list back right. up. <laughs> um, so, this is why we need less of these stupid college bowls hosted and sponsored by stupid sponsors like this is just ignorant like there's no reason to have a pop tart bowl period the end like the teams that even get into these bowls have mediocre records at best and then make hundreds of thousand dollars for playing on tv the whole thing is stupid the pop tart is stupid the whoa the mascot mascot is stupid like i just just, I have a solution. We cancel college football because no one cares. Oh, true. <laughs> Nobody cares about college football. All right. Dad joke time. Uh, yeah, you might as well get that bell ready. Uh, why are there Pop-Tarts but no Mom-Tarts? I don't know why. Because of, because of the pastryarchy. <laughs> I actually don't hate that. <laughs> <laughs> no shame. All right, thank you. Not bad. Um, this was all right. Well, uh, this was the first episode of twenty-four. Um, congratulations, guys. Um, we survived. We survived barely. Um, unlike Poppy. Aww. Um, R.I.P. Yeah. 
The P stands Toasted for Pop-Tart. Too soon. <laughs> there it is. Um, I don't know, guys. Bye. 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 That's going to do it for this episode of The Geek Awakens. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, shoot us an email at thegeekawakenspodcast at gmail.com. It would be a shame if you didn't follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Geek Awakens Podcast or on Twitter at Geek Awakens. Theme music created and produced by E. Cannon Beats. Our logo was designed by Shay McCain. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. We're boldly gone.